The MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. When you're sweating out your bets, make sure to grab a mountain cold refreshment. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in Best Ball Mania 2 for a chance to win $1 million. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app in the App Store or Google Play Store. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Uh, my name is Malcolm Bamford. Uh, joining me tonight, as always, all the way from Houston, Texas, is Munaf Manji. Good evening, Munaf. How the hell are you? I'm doing well. Good evening, sir. How's it going with you? I'm all right, thank you. We just uh, we just logged on a couple of minutes before we started recording here. And I said, what are we watching tonight? What are you, what's your head bobbing about? Because I've just put the <laughs> women's golf on. Um, we talked um, last weekend about how much sport there was on. Because last week we were in the middle of the, the Euros were going on and the, and the US Open was finishing. Uh, and we had all the baseball going and the basketball. But it must be a bit of a quiet night tonight. Uh, I've yeah. got the women's golf on. And you, see, you said you had some women's basketball as well. So yep. we are e- equal opportunity DJs, Munaf. Yeah, we got we support the women also. So uh, I got them on all my main screen here. So I'm watching a little uh, WNBA action and then a couple of baseball games. So uh, like you said, quiet night. I know uh, we're coming off a couple of uh, pretty good Euro games. I know you're the resident football fan. What did you think of the games today? Well, it's always nice to get a, uh, a shock result, isn't it? And uh, Czech Republic provided yeah. us the first real shock of the uh, the knockout stages today, they beat the Netherlands earlier on 2-0, took advantage of a Dutch red card. But actually, yep. the Czechs have played quite well. They've been uh, they've been the feisty underdogs. And then tonight, Belgium squeezed past Portugal 1-0. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Bit of a game of chess, that one. It wasn't much goal-mouth action, uh, but it was a decent game as well. But um, yeah, it's starting to, to get down to some good games now. I think Italy play Belgium. Uh, in the next round, which should be a good game. Italy only just squeezed through last night as well. So, And obviously it's uh, England-Germany on Tuesday mm. uh, because that half of the draw is completely opened up for, well, for whoever wins that game. Uh, whoever wins the England-Germany game yeah. um, seem to have the easy half of the draw. There's a lot of um, not, not as strong teams in there. So both teams will be licking their lips, but... Um, yeah, the old the old rivals, Germany. So, yeah, looking forward to that on Tuesday night. Um, a little Newcastle Nighthawks update for you, Moon. After you a, a, a double header today against the Sheffield Blade Runners, which is a pretty impressive name. Um, I was an unused substitute in both games again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty much the water boy at this point. Um, everybody liked my flowers that I'd planted, though, so it wasn't bad news. But typical stupid English people. Um, obviously, 
Sheffield come up. It's a, it's a couple of hours drive. Everyone's okay. got to get home. We're playing a double header. People have got work tomorrow. Yeah. So they either play seven innings or two and a half hours. Okay. And at the end of two and a half hours, the game was tied at mm-hmm. seven seven, and they just left it tied. I mean, oh. why can't we? Yeah, I know. Get the zombie runner on or something. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So that was an absolute thorough anticlimax. That one. Game one finished seven seven, and in the second game they tore us a new arsehole and beat us thirteen four. Um, so that was the end of that. But I sat there, as you can see, I got my little red. Look at my nose. I look absolutely rude off the red nose reindeer. The rest <laughs> of my face is pale blue like usual, and then my cheeks and nose are bright red from uh, sitting out in the lovely northeast sunshine. But yeah, it was good fun. It's just do you know what sitting or like standing hanging over the fence. Yeah. Kind of like being on the top step of the dugout. It's just really funny. It's not something I'm used to. And I'm just there <laughs> making unhelpful remarks, just generally being a pain in the arse to anyone who's within the earshot of me. Uh, and le- leaning, over the, leaning over the fence, it's a really good feeling out in the sun this afternoon. So I did enjoy that, even though I wasn't required to display any of my newfound skills. So you had the best seat in the house then? I had the best seat in the house, there yeah. I just, I just caused problems for anyone who came near me. Uh, so that was good. Pretty much, Moonaf. That's all I've got at the minute because, I mean, I couldn't pick my nose when it comes to uh, trying to select anything. Um, Looking at last week's picks again. And the thing is, I'm not even close. And it's not just my baseball picks. Um, Any DFS picks I make, uh, any of the football, my usual Saturday horse racing. I'm so far away. But actually... That makes me feel a little bit better. There's nothing more frustrating when you're knocking on the door yep. and you keep getting bad beats. I know you've got one uh, to come in a little while, a little bad beat. Um, but when you're so far away, you kind of realise that maybe it's not your processes. It just happens sometimes. Um, yeah. So my luck this week was the best result I've had in about a month because I got rained out. Uh, that's pretty much all <laughs> I can hope for currently. Um, there was a lot of rain around the weekend. There was. Yeah, the ti- so that was the Tigers-Astros got rained out and they played a doubleheader, I think, last night. Mm-hmm. But the pitch and matchups all got messed up. So, yeah. um, And it was a run line, so I, I was happy for it to have just not gone as a loser, frankly. And then the second one, you see, I made the case for John Lester against Miami. I thought I made quite a coherent case that Lester had improved in his last four outings. His ERA had steadily come down. The Nationals were 9-1 and one at the time of going to press. Um, so all of that stacked up. Miami was struggling to get a win for Pablo Lopez. And I checked the score 15 minutes into the game. And it was 4-0 after the first inning. And you just think, oh my God, I mean, give me a chance. Like um, That's what I mean about how far away I am. It's not like they lost 1-0 with a seventh inning run. It was 4-0 uh, after that. And that was the end of that. So yeah, uh, another disaster for me. I noticed you were quite happy to point that out in the show notes as well earlier on. And when you were messaging me, I, I made a little, I made a little suggestion to you, Moonaf, about something we could do in the show. And you suggested, why don't you pick some winners as your suggestion? So yeah, uh, all suggestions are taken on board, Moonaf. Thank you very much. Uh, do you want to talk us through your couple from this week? Which means don't bet on my picks to, that I have at the end of the show. Yeah, I'll leave sure. you alone. Don't worry. Make sure you double down on, uh, on, Malcolm's picks today because I'm probably reversing the curse here. But um, yeah, let's start with my uh, lock. I had the uh, Padres and the Diamondbacks over, I believe it was Friday night. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was actually yeah, Friday night. Saturday down there, but yeah, it was. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it was a 
it was it was, a, it was a matchup of two bad bad pitchers and I thought this total would come out higher. I thought it would honestly open up at nine and probably get to nine and a half. And it opened at eight and a half and it was juiced towards the under too. So if you were wow. shopping around, you probably would have got like a minus one Oh five or maybe even like a minus one Oh three as soon as it opened. But regardless, um, just Padres came out swinging. They got four, uh, four runs in the first inning. Uh, I think we had a Fernando Tatis Jr. Home run in the first inning or Tommy Pham let it off with the home run. And then, Tatis followed him up with another home run. I'm not going to go through the whole box score, but uh, Padres got four in the first. Uh, the Diamondbacks came back with three in the second inning, and then the Padres added two more in the bottom of the second, so that cashed in the second inning for me. Uh, Tatis had a fantastic game. I believe he homered three times in that game. So He hits not- a home run every night. It seems like, yeah, like every time he's up, he can just like swing one out of the park. But the ones that he hit in this game were absolute like bombs. And I believe one of them went like 470 plus feet. So um, glad to get the victory there. I know a couple of guys in the Slack channel were also on that. So um, the lock came through uh, today. Yeah, man, this one, this one stings. A little. I mean, it didn't end up as a loss. It just ended up as a push because me and you discussed that, you know, there's no real draw. It's either you, either you, if you have first five inning bets, either you're going to, you get the W or you're going to lose or you're going to push. So I had the Angels in the first five. Uh, they got one run in the top of the fourth, I believe. Yeah. And then they got to the bottom of the fifth, two outs, no problem with uh, Patrick Sandoval on the mound. And then Brandon Lowe just crushed my dreams and hit a, a solo home run. I believe it was one strike or two strikes, but regardless, he tied the game up. And there was also a chance of it losing because they got the next two guys on. Uh, sorry, they got one more hit, and then the next guy uh, got on. And they had an error, and then I was like, oh, God, please do not get a hit here to crush my dreams. But uh, luckily, he was able to get out of the inning, and it ended up as a push. So, um, And then the Angels got to win the game as well, yeah, which is quite frustrating. That's kind and- of the... The double whammy. Yeah, and then I was like, well, I don't want a part of this bullpen if it comes down to it. I mean, they did get down four to two. You know, the yes. um, race tacked on three on the bottom of the sixth, and then the Angels were able to fight back. They got uh, they scored four runs in the seventh, eighth, and ninth inning, and then they were able to shut the door down in the bottom of the ninth. But, you know, one of those tricky things, it's okay, I'll take the push, but I'm glad we just, I, I was able to get the lock. Um for our, our listeners and our guys on the Slack channel. Yeah, good effort. You take a win and a push every uh, every week that we do this, Moon. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Nick and Will, uh, who sent their picks through, uh, Nick's lock actually went down on Friday night. Um, he took, he faded Drew Smiley and the Braves, uh, took Vladimir Gutierrez and the Reds. And there wasn't much in this. Uh, Atlanta scored one run in the fifth, sixth and seventh. Cincinnati scored one run in the sixth and seventh. Uh, and that was that. So not a million miles away, um, but it did go down. Um, and... The well, I suppose we're gonna to have to talk about it at some point. There's about four four points early in the in the little notes that we make. Uh, we mentioned the Red Sox, <laughs> and I didn't know at which point we wanted to do it because I'm sure you got lots of things to say. But Nick, as his dog, took the Red Sox tonight. Yeah, um, Eduardo Rodriguez against Garrett Cole. I mean, what a price that must have been, by the way. Um, so if I can dig that price out, I've got my tally site page open. Oh, All oh, right, so well, New York were minus one sixty. Yeah. So, so what would that make Boston? Probably make maybe? About plus 140. 
back yeah. on the Red Sox. Let me see if I can find a line here. Um, uh, yeah, you could have got around plus 140, plus 136. So, I mean, it was plus for sure, plus one third, north of plus 130 for sure. So, if you were able to uh, shop around and uh, get that dog price, you that game was pretty much over in the first inning. Yeah, Rafael Devers hit a three run homer, I think, early doors, and then. Uh, JD Martinez hit a hit a yeah. bomb and it was what what six yeah six to nothing after three yeah uh, finished nine two so uh, a great pick there from from Nick so we'll have finished in profit for the weekend um, Will Moorman rained out with his luck the Twins uh, one night and then his his dog went down actually um, Castillo and um, the Braves Reds again actually the, the night following. Uh, Nick's Smiley Gutierrez matchup. Um, Will's bet went down on Castillo. Yeah. Who got the win 4 1 uh, against the Braves. So, uh, Will still, he's ahead this week. He's 32 and 28 on Tally side. But, so, yeah, a bit of a mixed bag, really, over the course of the week. What, one, two, two, four, and two pushes? Something like that. We had, yeah. Well, or two rainouts. Yeah, we had two rainouts. Mine, uh, my, dog pushed and then we had what two victories three victories two two yeah so we need to turn it around where we're yeah we're turning around this week yeah um everyone doing all you're leading the way on tally so this week 57 percent, 39 and 30 i'm bumming around just below 50 percent. but i've actually had to I've, I've had to fight back from way behind on tuesday or wednesday i was absolutely out of sight uh, so i've kind of clawed it back although it's been quite a chalky week i think this week uh, i've been looking at games and there's been a lot of teams starting minus 200 something mm-hmm. um Seems to be a lot of teams struggling with starting pitching at the moment. There's a lot of names turning up on the state that you just don't know. Uh, Nick's bang on 50% uh, and Will slightly ahead, 32 and 28. So, um, yeah, I mean, does it, if you notice that, that it's been kind of a choky week. I think we talked about this last week too, where it was, a, it was getting a little, a little uh, chalky week. And I think there was one day, I believe it was yesterday or the day before, I think like favorites were like, 12 and three or 11, something like that. They were like 10 games above 500 uh, favorites were. So um, we, we continue to talk about a chalky week, but if you, you know, sometimes don't like laying those chalky privates, maybe you want to do like, we're talking about those open parlays or doing a two team, uh, two team money line parlay to maybe try to find those plus odds. But um, yeah, I think it's, it's been really good for, I guess you can say the public betters who like betting on, on favorites. So um it's especially when we talk about our tally side picks, because if we if we go on a run where we're picking a whole bunch of favorites, our our, our money metric goes down, right? We're not as yeah. profitable. So I think that's an, another angle that we're looking at. But I think the biggest dog this week that cashed, or was it last week, was the the Royals. Um, I had taken the Royals money line against the against Garrett Cole, and then again Garrett Cole this week went down again too. So we might want to continue to look at it fading Garrett Cole. He's uh, yeah, a few times this season. Um, he's been he's been a boon, really. He's been uh, we could, we could have farmed farmed Garrett Cole for those wins. Um, stuff that's been going on around MLB. The first thing that uh, stood out really was um, Vlad uh, Guerrero Jr. Yeah, um, matched his. Uh, it was quite a quite a cool stat, really. He had his fiftieth home run uh, this week, 
he's still absolutely flying, Vlad. Um, he's the player everyone thought he was going to be two years ago. He had his 50th home run in his 258th game, mm-hmm. um, which is exactly the same time that his dad took to, to hit him. Just one of those uh, freaky stats that baseball can throw up, Muna. That's crazy, isn't it? To think about like your dad hit, you've hit the same amount of home runs in the same amount of span as your, your dad, which is, it's really crazy to think about it like that. But yeah, Vlad's been, I mean, they took on the uh, Orioles this weekend. They were absolutely just hammering. I mean, hammering the Orioles pitching this week. And uh, I think that was one of the, I think today the day game didn't go over, but their first two games, I believe the Blue Jays put up 10 plus runs and it was pretty much led by Vlad. The um the Orioles pitching at the minute they've got a load of AAA guys in there, yeah. Um, and it's bo- it's kind of bordering on the unfair now that it's almost stymie in their development is that they've been put up in the majors through no fault of their own. It's just not a great franchise at the minute. Then we have the likes of John Means who went down, yeah. And um, they're just absolute. They're just overfaced, absolutely overmatched at the moment. Uh, and it really the 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 Blue Jays took no. No sympathy on them this week, even a little bit. Um, I found quite a fun little chart on uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr., mm-hmm. which is the... Um, it was a run chart. So it was the run value on where pitches are in the plate. So anything... Basically, if you throw the ball over the zone, uh, oh. Vlad smashes it. Uh, he's He's got a a metric of plus 28 runs um, to the average on anything that's in the zone. Okay. Um, so if you if you throw it over the zone, you're in trouble. Um, he's still got, uh, and just outside the zone, it's minus five runs. So I think that, that kind of gives you something uh, to work on with him that um, if, he, if, you, if he gets a good pitch, um, he just hits it. Um, and he's, he'll happily take a walk. Um, he's not, we've, have our weekly laugh about uh, Javi Baez, Joey Gallo's the same. He's not one of those people. So if you if you want to throw him strikes, yeah. he's going to hit you and he's going to hit you hard. Uh, if you want to throw him balls, he's perfectly capable of just leaving leaving off them. So yeah, Vlad is uh, doing a little bit of everything and he's been brilliant. Um, he's not in the home run derby, Munaf. Yeah. Um, now you might know more about this than me. Is that just purely to protect him? Do you think? Will that be a a, a team decision just to look after him? I believe so. Um, I think he won it last year, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's right. So he's not defending the title this year. So, um, you know. Oh, no. Did, no Peter Alonso will not win it last year. Or was that maybe the. Let me see. I thought he was the champ. I think Peter Alonso is competing this year and he's, he's defending champ. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I think. I'm sure there's like stats out there where we, we talk about guys that are tops in the leagues and home run um, in the home run category. And if they're participating in the home run derby, does it really affect them in the second half of the season? I think there's been some type of reports or stats out there about that. Um, I think we can, I'll try to uncover that in the next you know week or so. And then when we take on, Oh, we talk about the home run derby, and the all-star game. And then we do that first half review. I think I'll, I'll try to bring it up then see if it, if it is a real effect for some of these guys. So um, yeah, you, you, you want to see like the best of the best hitters competing in the home run derby, like pure power guys. We talk about Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And Fernando Tatis and Ronald Acuna that, you know, the, the young stars of the game, we want to see them in the home run derby. Um, but there might be something to, 
that their swing and their timing might get effective because of the amount of baseballs that they have to hit in the home run derby. So, um, you know, Pete Alonso, like you said, back in there, Otani is going to be in the uh, yeah, home show he's going that'll be fun. Yeah, that's going to be fun to see. I, I believe he hit one. Yeah, he hit one today in the in the eighth inning to kind of yes. give him that extra extra insurance run for the Angels. So, um, yeah, I, I think we'll get into the derby here. In, uh, I think next week when we get to the All Star break, but. That's a guy that you definitely want to see in the home run derby because that guy just Vlad just has pure power and uh, he can smash it, you know, 500 feet if you wanted to. There is a guy, I mentioned this to you off air last week. There's a, there's a guy, he was a friend of the SGPN, I believe. Yeah. Um, and he claims, he wants to get me on a podcast of his, and he claims he has a fail-safe home run derby method uh, for gambling. So okay. in between now and the home run derby, I'm going to try and get on with Stu. Uh, and once he shares that, whether he wants me to or not, I'll come and tell everyone about it. So uh, we'll, so we'll see how that pans out. Um, Kyle Schwaber, Moonaf, you wanted to talk about. Yeah, I think this is, we kind of have to mention it, right? Just because of what he's doing over these past couple uh weeks here um i found a note on him on twitter that uh the 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 nationals decided to move him into the starting or sorry the leadoff spot for the for the batting order and since he's moved into the bat to batting leadoff his average is at 351 at a one uh 1.441 ops We've talked about the home runs that he's been hitting. He's had he's hit 13 home runs in the past 15 games. But I think more importantly, outside of the individual stats for Schwarber, the Nationals are 10 and three in that span since they've since they've moved him into that that um, leadoff leadoff uh, position in, the, in their in their batting lineup. So didn't do me any good when they were four 0 down to the ball. It just did it. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking ten and three sparred me enough, but anyway, carry on. I think he hit a home run in that game, but you know you got to. Oh, good! I'm delighted about that. It's the it's the other guys that you got to <laughs> hold accountable. I mean, it's only a one man squad. I mean, what can you do? So, yeah, I think that was worth uh, worth mentioning. I know uh, Will's the the Cubs fan of the uh, SGPN uh, crew, and I'm sure that he said it multiple times that Cubs fans surely do miss having Carl Schwarber in their uh, batting lineup. Yeah, I noticed Will was having a little uh, little cry about that in the in the Slack channel this week. Um, the Diamondbacks managed to snap their twenty four game road losing streak. Uh, <laughs> we talked a little bit about them last week. I did feel that they were going to go going to come back, um, and I think they still. I think they've got some uh, they've got some wins in them, so they, they might be a team to watch. Um, over the next couple of weeks, the Diamondbacks. Uh, it was obviously behind Merrill Kelly, like it pretty much always is if they're going to be competitive nowadays. Yeah. Um, and I th- they beat the, they stuffed the Padres 10 more actually. Um, but it was the, what are the Diamondbacks pitches? Uh, what night was that, Moon? I think you sent a little, you sent a little Twitter clip over to me, the Diamondback <laughs> pitcher getting, getting, uh, getting checked for sticky stuff. <laughs> yeah, that was the, that was the night where I had my lock on Friday. It was, uh, I think it was, uh, uh, Martin Gordon Martin, uh, <laughs> I was la- I was watching the game live because it was it was my lock. I wanted to see how it was gonna it was doing. So I believe he gave up what the three or four runs in the first inning. I think they pulled him after three after he gave up three, and I think he left with the bases loaded. I believe and, <laughs> and he had already given up the home run to Tommy Pham and to Fernando Tatis Jr. and <laughs> 
that he, he gets pulled by the manager and here comes the umpire to check his uh his hat and his glove to see if he had sticky stuff and i sent it to you because i thought it was the funniest thing ever and i think you said the umpire should give him some sticky stuff because yeah didn't. that's what i thought maybe the umpires were giving him some that might could be a new rule as well that if you if you're that bad you hear he has something to help you out i mean yeah let the man have some dignity you know what i mean just <laughs> this point just let him go just let him let him toddle off down the uh down the dugout and into the into the clubhouse yeah that was funny kick um, the man while he's down <laughs> We had our first sticky ejection tonight, Munaf, yeah, so to yeah. speak. Uh, I can't remember the fella's name, a Mariner's relief pitcher. He was Santiago. Oh, yeah. Yes. Can't remember. Santiago something. Yeah, I'll look it up. You um, talk about it, I'll look it up. Yeah, so he got thrown out um, in between innings. He was pitching in relief uh, and got chucked out for having something in his glove, I believe. I haven't seen the pictures of it. Uh, Hector Santiago's the guys, yeah. So the there you go. So that, yeah. Um, so remarkably, I know everyone's talked about it, and we've laughed at the visual of it last weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but there hasn't really been any consequences, has there? Nothing's come of it. It's all been a little bit of a lot of hot air, yeah, uh, and no real, no real action until tonight. Even tonight's wasn't a wasn't a high profile one. Yeah, I, I think if you if you if, once you watch the video of the ejection and that and the, if you see uh. Hector Santiago's face, he kind of has that look on his face that, okay, damn, I got caught. Yeah, I'll I'll send you the clip over once we get off. But um, here, I'll let me see you right now. And (laughs) he has this look on his face where he's like, ah, damn it, I got caught. And he kind of knew that he was going to get caught. So, yeah, the first ejection of... um, of of the checking. So, I mean, I mean, it's the Mariners. Does it really matter? They're playing the White Sox this weekend, so... Uh, Do you know what? The Mariners aren't actually in terrible form. Uh, yeah. They've won, I think, they, out the last... There was some, maybe six and four, was it maybe even seven and three mm-hmm. uh, over a span? Because I, I got quite a... Uh, sorry, eight and two, in fact, wow. over the last ten. I don't think they're going to... They've managed to get themselves third uh, in that division. Uh, obviously, they're going to be away behind Houston and Oakland, but... Um, they brought up a lad called Jake Fraley from the Miners who's doing okay. Dylan Moore came back off the aisle. Uh, he's a bits and pieces player who can hit. And then they both run and steal and put them in position. So uh, Seattle have uh, been, I mean, well, I mean, they're four games over 500. So maybe not as bad as everyone thinks. But yeah, I'll have to, uh, I'll have a gander at this moon after. Um, the final thing on our show notes, and I'm going to have to talk about it. How about those Red Sox, Munaf? Yes. Um, they, well, it's always fun when you sweep the Yankees. So, um, I mean, let's kind of rewind back to the last time they played the Yankees. Uh, they swept them when they went up. I think it was the first series of the of the season between these two teams. So the Boston Red Sox went up there and, and swept the Yankees. And now they had the weekend series that we talked about um, on our Thursday show that these two teams are going to get together and the Red Sox swept them again in Fenway Park uh, this uh, this time around. Um, it wasn't offense, even really close this time either. It, it was fairly comfortable. Yeah, and, and I think the offensive struggles are, are continuing for the Yankees because if we go all the way back to over the last five games, the Yankees have only scored uh, nine runs. And that's less than two per game. So that's not really going to get it done for you. I mean, you take a look at today when you had your ace on the mound, the Red Sox absolutely just pounded him in that first inning. They got out to that four nothing link. Like we said 
on Saturday night last night. They got the victory uh, four to two. And then the series opener, the Red Sox won five to three. So um, I, I think there's a lot of trouble there in Yankee land. And I, I will take my time to gloat about, about the Yankees are getting swept by my, my team. So if Kramer and, and, and Steve Shermer and all you giants, New York fans are listening. That's back-to-back sweeps this season by the Red Sox over the Yankees. Yeah, that gives Boston a six and a half game lead now. Yeah. Uh, over New York and the, uh, at least um, Tampa Bay, who were on a right skid when we um, recorded last well, Thursday night, I think they've gone on um, or had won maybe six in a row before tonight mm-hmm. um, or four in a row might have been. Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. They'd, yeah, they'd won four on the spin uh, before they got turned over by the Angels tonight. Yep. Um, so they're now half a game back. And that's so it's not developing into a two horse race because it can, in, in the space of a fortnight, it could be all wide open again. But all of a sudden, Boston and Tampa do have a six game, have a six game lead over Toronto and New York. So um, before the All Star break, if they can maintain that, maybe stretch it a little bit, uh, you might be looking at, you might be able to start getting excited, Moon off. Yeah. And, I, you know, as a, as a fan of like your, even like your own team, whatever sport it might be, you're always kind of pessimistic because they'll try to like, either they'll find a way that it'll, they'll mess it up somehow. But, you know, for me, at what point do I start acknowledging that this pitching is going to be okay for the Red Sox? Because for them to, you know, pitch the way they've done without really having that true ace on this team, without Chris Sale and, and you know, Eduardo Rodriguez, what we talked about over the past couple of months, or at least last month, where he's been really struggling and he's supposed to be the ace of this team. But these other guys have really stepped up for the for the uh, Red Sox. And, you know, for them to be almost, you know, they finally are getting wins at home, 23 and 17. They're 24 and 14 on the road. And uh, at some point, we have to kind of start acknowledging that their pitching is doing pretty well for them from what was expected because they didn't really acquire a true ace for this team because they're still kind of waiting for Chris Sale to come back. So as we approach the trade deadline, it's going to be interesting to see if the Red Sox are in the market for an arm. Chris Sale pitched a uh, simulation game today yeah. against live hitters. So yeah, he can't be a million miles away. Yeah. Uh, maybe after the all-star break. I think they're saying uh, August for him. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, if they can uh, if they can hold it together till the, that'll give them a, a psychological boost as well, getting Chris Sale back. Yeah. Um, we started Moon off uh, making our way back around the divisions. Yeah. Because um, it's been a couple of months or so since we did. And the one division that stood out as wide open when we did the preseason show mm-hmm. was the NL Central. Correct. Um, and only just this week, really, or maybe in the last fortnight, um, the Brewers have broken away and made themselves firm favourites uh, with the bookmakers at least um, if the the current odds you've got the Brewers are at minus 175 okay. uh, the Cubs at plus 275 mm-hmm. uh, the Cincinnati Reds at plus 850 and the cards all of a sudden are out to 12 to 1 um, and it was it was the cards who were the pre-season favourites at plus uh, 150 the Brewers were in behind them we did uh, put the Brewers up as our as our best bet uh, at that plus two sixty start of the season, um, and we gave the cards out as an under, which looks like a, a live one as well. We can pretty much leave Pittsburgh out of it. There's something like two hundred to one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's still it's still a four horse race um, as far as the standings go. 
Um, the Cubs are two and a half games back from the Brewers. The Reds are six and St. Louis are seven and a half. So all four of them are still in it. Um, which team particularly caught your eye, Moonaf? Was there anything about any of the teams? Is there a, is there a betting angle? I don't think take, now taking the minus 175 on the Brewers isn't something I don't think would be interesting, especially uh, if we've got some 260 in our in our pouches from the start of the season. So yeah. of the other three teams, the Cubs, the Cards and the Reds, can any of those um, run the Brewers down and why? So let's start by, let me start with this. If I gave you $100 right now, which team would you go out and put your money on? The Reds. The Reds? So yeah. let's, start, let's start with the Reds and we'll talk about the Reds here uh, for a minute. So we know about their offense, right? And how they're, they have the two best guys in that, at that one and two position as far as batting average with Nick Castellanos and what Jesse Winkler. Winker or Winkler? Winker. Winker, okay. And I know he left with an injury last night. Um, I think it was a back issue. And yeah, the thing is, think he's day to day, but then he, he never, he hasn't played today. So yeah. So now we talk about their pitching, right? Because they don't really have that true. Again, we talk about having that true ace in the, in in a pitching rotation. Almost outside of the Brewers, there's not real a real ace for the rest of these teams, except for the Cardinals, who their ace is right now on the shelf because of an injury, which was my fault. But um, I know you wrote down, do you like their starting, their, their, some of their young guys that they've kind of came in? So you want to start with that and talk about their well, starting pitchers? Yeah, so the thing about the Reds is obviously they've scored so many runs, uh, 372 runs they've scored. Sure. Uh, next up in that division is the Cubs with 329. Mm-hmm. That's 43. However, they've conceded 382. Yeah. Um, so they've got a run differential of minus 10, which is um, which is wild, really, because they have... Um, in, in fact, going back a couple of weeks, they were probably, I think they were four or five games under... Um, under 500. We talked about this. The first time we talked about this division um, around about the end of April time, I've written this down somewhere. Um, yeah, I think they were maybe 483 and now they're back up to 500. Um, and I just think if they're going to keep hitting, I don't see why they won't, why they won't keep hitting. Um, the bats are pretty legit. So it's a case of can they can they get their act together with a pitching? Now, Luis Castillo has had some well-documented problems. Um, like I say, Will faded him last week as one of his picks. Uh, Castillo pitched well again. Uh, Tyler Marley, I don't mind, but it's it's a couple of it's a couple of names who've come in at the bottom of the of the rotation, the the fourth and fifth starters, which is uh, Tony Santian and Vladimir Gutierrez. Um, yeah. Someone again, we've already mentioned. And I think they've both got absolute potential uh, to have strong second halves of the season. The bullpen taking a little bit of a hit. Um, the Lucas Sims and TJ Antone uh, were kind of going to share closer duties. But Amir Garrett's back. Um, we've already talked about him earlier in the year as yeah. um, someone who should be the poster boy for the um, SGPN uh, MLB podcast because he's just an absolute head case um, but he can pitch as well uh, so if if Amir Garrett can can kind of hold that down and if these two back end uh, players fulfil some of their potential then I think the Reds can get on a little bit of a roll and certainly make it competitive I just don't get the prices 
Um, I'm, I don't want two plus two seven five about the Cubs. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been out on the cards all season, and I'm secretly quite pleased because I had them down as an under seventy nine team. Um, sorry, they were projected to win eighty six and a half games, yeah. um, and I had them down at seventy nine. It was an absolute standout under for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and they went off quite quickly, the, the cards. They got five or six games over 500. Now, all of a sudden, they're 37 and 40. Yeah. Uh, and that, that under is now looking much more achievable. So I'm secretly quite chuffed with myself about that. Um, so I still think the Brewers will win it. Um, they are the team who are on the improve and have, and have most improvement in them still as well. But I think the Reds can, the Reds can put it together. The Reds don't need too much uh, to fall right in the jigsaw um, to be able to be competitive. And at that price, uh, plus 850, I think uh, I think you could go into the last two or three weeks of the season still with a chance. Yeah, and I think kind of rewinding back to um, Luis Castillo, I think last season he was, he was absolutely dominant. Um, for the Reds, let me try to see if I can pull up his numbers here real quick for 2020. Um, give me one second here. So for 2020, he had he was four and six with a 3.21 ERA, which is which is pretty good. He, the the wins just weren't there. Um, but then if we go back to this season, he got off to a really bad start in the months of um, where to go, April and May. Yeah. Uh, so if we go back to May here real quick, he had an ER or sorry, in April, his ERA in five starts was 6.29. And then we fast forward to the month of May, his ERA, I think this is probably his worst month ever. He had, I believe, eight starts, seven starts, was 0 and 7 with the 8.04 ERA in the month of May. Let's fast forward to June now, this month, as we're kind of wrapping it up here. In June, he has an ERA of 1.71. And we talked about how his pitching is really improving. So he's only given up six earned runs in six games uh, so far in the month of June. So if he's able to continue to turn around and live up to that potential, I think the Reds kind of had for Luis Castillo, that's a that's going to be a huge improvement for that pitching rotation because, like we said, that they've given up a ton of runs and that they don't have maybe that true ace. But I think Luis Castillo, for me, he has that potential to be that number two starter, possibly a number one starter for this team. So if he's able to finish out this month strong and carry that over into July, going into all-star break and really get into form going into the rest of the season, I think the Reds might be in good shape. And then we talk about, we talked about Vladimir Gutierrez a lot this season uh, for the, for the Reds and how he's that fourth or fifth starter, but he's been doing pretty well. Uh, for this team, uh, quickly trying to pull up his numbers here for Vladimir Gutierrez. Um, let's see here. So this month, I mean, he had one start in the month of May against the Cubs. We can't really talk about that. But other than that, this month, he's been he has a four point three four ERA. He's three and two for the season. So I, I maybe you know teams are starting to figure him out. But the two losses did come against two pretty good offenses against the Padres where he gave up five earned runs in five innings. And the other one was the Atlanta Braves where he gave up three over six innings. So the other pitchers that you also talked about for this Reds team, if they're able to kind of turn it around, I think that plus 850 looks really good. But, um, you know, as far as going to the Brewers now, when we had Nick and Will on, you know, Nick really talked about how after their top three guys of Corbin Burns, uh, Peralta, and uh, Brandon Woodruff, 
after that, those two guys, you pretty much wanted to fade this team. But when you had those three pitchers, that's really going to bode well for you for the, for the, for division and then going into the playoffs. Yeah. I think if you've got, I think that's probably all you need. Um, yeah. And sometimes it's, um, you can, you can take a, take a bet on, on the lack of opposition to that. Uh, and I think that's kind of what we're looking at. Um here and again, and I think some of the bats have picked up. They picked up um, uh, Willie Adamas quite recently. I think he's been a solid thing. The thing that the only alarm, the little red flag for the Brewers. Um, this division's just a weird division. Like um, in the National League, their batting average, uh, the Brewers, it's uh, two fifteen. Like it's the worst in the National League. I mean that's a terrible, terrible batting average, yeah. um, isn't it? Like it, I was it stunned is. at that. I thought if I press, I thought I'd clicked on the wrong button. I was trying to see what I'd filtered it by, like catchers or something. But it was actually the entire, the whole lot of them uh, hitting two fifteen. Um, Cincinnati are at the top of that table, yeah. hitting two forty nine. Uh, but the three, the bottom three uh, in batting average are all out of this division. The the Cubs and the cards are both hitting 225 um, and then you go up to who? Oh, Pittsburgh are hit her 11th so you've got kind of f- four of the bottom five are out of this division yeah. uh, and then Cincinnati are way away at the top um, so the whole thing's just a little bit weird uh, and at that point like I said I couldn't be taking the the, the minus odds uh, now on the Brewers yeah is of no interest to anybody I wouldn't have thought Um the Cubs bullpen's been really good, which is odd. The old division's just a bit of a head scratcher, like. Um, but I think we did well to get the plus two sixty at the start of the season, mm-hmm. um, and maybe if we're going to offset it with anything, uh, it would be the the plus eight fifty about the Reds right about now. Yeah, and I think for you know we talk about the Cardinals here a real a little bit is that they've been really ham- hampered by injuries, especially to their starting pitching. And their pitching rotation. And, you know, we talked about Jack Flaherty early in the season, who was just on fire out of the gate, who won his first eight starts and then had to go to the DL, or sorry, the IL. And then they've also had some of their other guys in that starting rotation that have been out because of injuries. And we take a look at the month of June, um, their pitching and their hitting has been bottom in the National League, especially their hitting. I mean, in 23 games this season, uh, sorry, in the month of uh, June, they are number 14 in batting average at 212, and then also the Cubs are at 188. Um, and the pitching has been as bad for the Cardinals also. So um, it's it, it's tough setting right now for St. Louis. And I think you made the right call in the beginning of the season of fading this team because I do believe they have the two probably the best two best hitters at their corner positions at first base and third base with Goldsmith and Arenado. And, yep. you know, Dylan... Uh, Arenado's been struggling, though. Yeah. Uh, and I think he's probably still getting used to being in a in a completely different stadium at and St. Louis, where he was in a, a hitter's ballpark at Coors Field, where if you hit a single, it could turn into a double, and a double tur- could turn into in a triple. So, um, yeah, I think, for, I think that's a big adjustment for a guy like Arenado, but I think this might be a team... Going into the future, maybe next season or season after that, that might be, you know, taking the 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 crown of the NL Central. So, um, you know, for me, we've always talked about that, how pitching is going to be extremely important as we, you know, go into the second half of the season and in the playoffs, because we've seen with the Dodgers, they have their three-headed monster in their pitching rotation. I think the Milwaukee Brewers have that. You know, we talked about Corbin 
and uh, Woodruff and Peralta. Um, it's just that the batting has been so bad for this team. And I think we're kind of waiting for this offense to turn around, but they really don't have guys in this, in this batting lineup outside of Christian Yelich that can really hit the ball. Yeah, absolutely, Munaf. Uh, totally agree with you on that. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today and you'll receive a special offer up to $500 in risk-free sports bets. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com. Download the app today. Uh, by all means, get across there. Get your $500 on England to win the Euros. Uh, then get your free $500 bet. Stick that on England to win the Euros. Six to one. Uh, who doesn't want 1200 What 12000 You do the maths. Free money all round. Do you ever feel like you're always on? Need a moment to chill? I feel a little bit like that at the moment. Uh, as I said earlier, I could not pick my nose. Um, but that is the best time to reach for a Coors Light. Take a deep breath. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's made to chill. The mountains on the bottles and cans turn blue when your beer is cold. So when you need to hit reset, which I very much do at the moment, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. It's cold lagered, cold filtered and cold packaged. It's a crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden Colorado, and as always, celebrate responsibly. We're brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Find the best odds on NBA Championship and Stanley Cup futures when you buy directly from other bettors on PropSwap. See a ticket you like but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time with one click of a button and PropSwap gives you a suggested price tool to let you know how much your ticket is worth. Last week, a PropSwap customer purchased a Milwaukee Bucks championship future for $150 when they were down 1-0 versus the Nets and then resold it for $1,000 after the Bucks won Game 7. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Think of it like the stock market, but for sports betting. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. Make sure to head over to UnderdogFantasy.com and use the promo code SGPN for a free $25. You can use the free $25 to enter Best Ball Mania 2. First place in Best Ball Mania 2 gets $1 million. That's right. Sign up now for a free shot at 1 million bucks. Drafts are happening constantly and it's not just NFL. They also have NBA, MLB and more underdogfantasy.com promo code SGPN for your chance to win $1 million. Okay, Moon, after this week then across MLB, um, a few bits and bobs, but the standout series for me, um, right, I've got written down the Giants and the Dodgers, but that's, is that, does that start Tuesday maybe actually? Let me oh, take a look here. No, my page, sorry, my page is reset. I've got live scores tonight. Uh, I've got tonight's scores up. Yeah, Giants than, Dodgers kick it off. Yeah, tomorrow. Giants Judge starts tomorrow. So yeah, um, maybe this week will be the week whether we decide if the Giants are 
legit or not, they're still absolutely tanking along uh, at the top of that division. They don't show no signs of slowing down whatsoever. Um, 50 and 26, I think, with the first team to 50. Yep. First team to win 50 games uh, when they got that win last night. Yeah. Um, and only a four-game lead on the Dodgers, but um, they've been the surprise package this year, and that should be uh, that should be a good a good series this week, Muna. Yeah, and I think uh, I've always said that the Giants and the Dodgers are one of the more uh, bigger rivalries in the um, in the MLB, especially between fans, because there's always some type of fight, fights happening between those two fan base at the stadiums when they get together. <laughs> um, currently, I think I see that the Giants are down five nothing against the A's in the bottom of the six, so I, yeah. they may drop a game here tonight. But um, yeah, I think that's one Giants and Dodgers for sure. Um, what else do we have this week? I think the other one for me, they know we always talk about the NL East every single week because it's such an intriguing division with the Mets and the Braves getting together this week. Um, and then you also let the NL Central we just talked about, excuse me, <clears throat> the Cubs and the Brewers get together yeah. this week. Um, and then let's see. Uh, I think the other one for me might be interesting is the Angels and the Yankees. Uh, I was going to say, I think Otani pitches maybe on Wednesday, on Wednesday. night. Yeah, he does. So yeah, that should be if that's at a reasonable time. I'd like to watch that just because it's got a, it's got a good look about it. It'll have a good, a good aesthetic, I think. Yeah, so I think those are the three series that kind of stand out this week. Um, as far as pitching matchups, um, I know I have one of my best bets is or my lock is going to be a pitching matchup that we have. But uh, do you see anything else that you like this week? No, I, I danced around a lot tonight. I was trying to. Uh, yeah, it was tough. I, yeah. I don't know if you know, you might have noticed that I filled in the show notes and deleted what I wrote about 17 times because I was just <laughs> all over the place. Well, I was finding something I liked. And then, you know, you, I mean, if you listen to this, you're obviously a DJ or you like it better. You can talk yourself out of things so easily. Um, and when you're on a roll, when you're on a heater, that doesn't happen. You can just think with a lot more clarity. But I've got the fear at the minute. So I was, I was making a pick, happy with it. And then I would click another button and it would be the game log. And then I would click another button and it would be the home road splits or something. And then all of a sudden I talked myself out of it. And I was like, right, copy, highlight that, delete it, let's start again. And I did that. I exaggerated when I said 17 times, but I must have done it four times. I must have landed on four different pitches uh, before I um, about turned and headed back up the cul-de-sac and deleted them all. So um, I do like these... um, these bum fights, you know, the Pirates and the Rockies, um, these things entertain me to win because it's still, there's still a betting angle. Like something, someone's going to win. Uh, the the total is going to go over or under. Yep. So on Monday night, for example, you've got Tyler Anderson uh, and Kyle Freeland. So you don't know, with the pitchers on the mound, that you think that could finish 15 all, but <laughs> then neither side can hit the ball so it could conceivably finish nil-nil as well. Um so I do like trying to find an angle with those games. I think they're always fun. Um, but yeah, looking forward to this week. And that, um, particularly, I know the Giants and the Dodgers, we've mm-hmm. both turned to. I think it's good that, that we do kind of, um, or you see, I haven't actually picked one of those games. I've uh, That was one of, one of the ones I've deleted. Uh, my mind's playing tricks on me again. But I think when you've got a, when you've got a big series like that, it's, it's nice of us to, uh, to try and, 
take a pick from it. Um, and yeah. that's exactly what you've done, Moon, off with your luck. So I've teed you up nicely. You can go first. Yeah, there we go. So while I'm reading my picks, I left uh, two notes for you in red on yeah, our I've show seen notes them. there. So uh, <laughs> take a look at that second one too. But uh, yeah, I'll start it off again this week. Let's go with my lock. It's going to be in that Giants and Dodgers game. Uh, going off on Tuesday, we have Kevin Gossman versus uh, Walker Bueller. I'm going to go with the under in this game. I think it should probably come in around probably, I'm guessing, seven, seven and a half. But I do like the under regardless. When you have two division teams, especially in the NL West with these two caliber pitchers, I believe we'll see a, road, a low scoring affair. So Kevin Gossman, he's, I mean, having a Cy Young caliber season, he is eight and one with a 1.49 ERA. Um, more importantly, on the road, he's five and one with a 1.02 ERA. He's pitched 61 and two thirds innings on the road and allowed only seven earned runs that span. And teams are batting uh, a buck 76 against Gossman on the road. He does have one start against the uh, Dodgers this season, which was on May 30th. Pitched six shutout innings and only gave up two hits, zero runs in that span. The Dodgers have Walker Buehler on the mound, who is also having a great season for the Dodgers. Four and one um, record with a 2.83 ERA at home this season. Two starts against the Giants this season. Already, he's pitched 13 innings, allowed nine hits. Uh, and only two earned runs in that span. So that's going to be the under. Uh, should come around probably, I'm guessing, seven, seven and a half um, for the total. So I'm going to take the under in that game for my lock. And then for my dog, uh, I'm going to go with Matt Manning of the Detroit Tigers against the Indians tomorrow night on Monday. Um this Tigers team, we've taught, I think at the beginning of the season, we all thought that we're going to be one of the not so great teams, for lack of better words, just like the Pirates. But they're a scrappy bunch, man. I think they took, what, two out of three this weekend? Or yeah, they, they keep might... beating the Astros yeah, this weekend. You've been very Astros. quiet on that moon off this uh, tonight. Yeah, and they, you know, they got the job done there. I think the bats kind of cooled off of the Astros. But, you know, these Tigers find a way to win games. So, yeah, Matt Manning on the mound for the Tigers, like I said, against the Indians. Uh, third start for Manning with the Tigers. He's been decent in the two starts. He's faced the Angels and the Cardinals. In each start, he has gone at least five innings and allowed only two earned runs in both of those starts. Opposing pitchers starting for the Indians is going to be Eli Morgan. He's been uh, atrocious, to say the least. He started three <laughs> games. <laughs> He's pitched... Um, yeah, he started three games, allowed... 13 earned runs and 11 and a third innings pitched off of 17 hits. Uh, Indians are one and two in his start. So I'm going to continue to fade Eli Morgan going up against a scrappy team like the Tigers that we just talked about. So that's going to be my uh, dog. So my lock again is the Giants Dodgers uh, under on Tuesday with Kevin Gossman and Walker Buehler on the mound. And then my dog is going to be tomorrow night, Monday uh, Tigers money line. Matt Manning on the mound versus the Indians who is slated to have Eli Morgan on the mound. So those are my two picks for this week. Excellent. And watertight cases uh, as always. The, yeah, we, we've enjoyed those Tigers pitches. I think um, yeah. Scooble in Mize and mm -hmm. you can, uh, you can put Manning in there as well and hopefully he gets the job done for you. Yeah. Um, my lock is going on Tuesday night and it's pretty straightforward. Um, the I'm going to take the Braves over the Mets. Um, I was I was going to take this before the Mets have actually had a pitching change. The Mets have got uh, Tyler McGill on the mound, but I don't know 
an awful lot about, I'll be honest with you, but um, he's making a spot start. They seem to be faffing about a little bit this week. They've got they've got Jared Eikhoff starting tomorrow as well, mm. uh, New York. So Tyler McGill, um, who's pitched a little bit in long relief, um, but not much. But the reason I was uh, the, for the pick uh, before even the Mets pitchers uh, was Charlie Morton pitching for the Braves and... Um, he had some success against the Mets earlier in the season. Sure. Uh, so the Braves decided to push him back a day, um, especially to face the Mets uh, on on Tuesday night. Uh, they've, they've shuffled their rotation around to get Morton uh, into that game. So Morton's got a seven and three record. The Braves have been a lot better lately. They've uh, they've they've won again tonight. Uh, yeah. Freddie Freeman appears finally to be heating up. It's about the seventh time I've mentioned him in the last <laughs> nine weeks. Uh, but he's starting to put some numbers together. His his batting average is uh, approaching uh, somewhere more reasonable for him. So I'll take Charlie Morton there. And then on Monday, and I know. You've tried to talk me out of this with your big red letters on the uh, show notes because I'm fading the Red Sox again. And the last time I did that, it was an absolute shit show. Um, <laughs> but bear with me, Moonaf. So uh, and this is the thing. I am not going to be talked out of it. I will not let the process, Moonaf, uh, <laughs> be belittled by you and your red writing. So I'm taking Danny Duffy and the Kansas City Royals against Garrett Richards and the Boston Red Sox, which is tomorrow, isn't it? Is it Monday night? Let me see. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's Monday night, 10 past okay. midnight, uh, my time tomorrow. Um, now, Danny Duffy has had... Um, he had a great April, started the season really, really well. Um, three and one in April with a 0.39 ERA. Um, the wheels came off in May, just got progressively worse, but was clearly uh, carrying an injury, um, wasn't healthy, did go on to the IL. Uh, so he's missed three or four weeks. Uh, he then came back a little while ago. He's had two multi-inning Relief, relief appearances since he came back. So hopefully that stretched him out enough to get a decent start. So um, what we're hoping for is that we can get five, maybe six innings at a push out of Danny Duffy of that three and one uh, 0.39 ERA form that he displayed in April. Um, Garrett Richards, the opposition pitcher for Boston, um, he's four and five with a 4.74 ERA. Uh, his junior ERA is 6.89. Yeah. Uh, he's also one and three at home. Uh, so the, I've got four or five signposts there um, for me. And I think he will be a dog. I think Danny Duffy will be a dog. Uh, the Red Sox are relatively hot, even though Richards isn't their stud pitcher. But I think um, maybe 120 or so. So, yeah, I'll take um, Danny Duffy and the Royals against uh, Garrett Richards to follow up Charlie Morton um, against the Mets on Tuesday night. Um, Moon, after you want to take us through uh, Will's picks, he has um, he sent them in via carrier pigeon, and I do believe you've got them. You've got them there. <laughs> yeah, uh, Will's traveling, and he said he was driving around. He didn't get a chance to record it, so we're just going to read them uh, here on the live show uh for his first pick he's taking the lock is going to be the rockies at home with marquez versus the pirates um believe yeah like i said that's on tuesday and his dog also is going to go on tuesday he's taking uh trevor rogers versus the phillies uh marlins are on the road believe he should be a slight favorite or underdog there 
if not close to a pick em, but uh, regardless, uh, that's going to be his dog. So once again, for Will, both of his picks are going off a Tuesday. The lock is going to be the Rockies money line at home with Marquez against the Pirates and then his underdog dog of the or the week. Yeah, it's Tuesday also the Marlins money line with Trevor Rogers on the road taking on the Philadelphia Phillies. I meant to pick up on the Phillies uh, tonight because I watched um, them the last two nights against the Mets where they had the lead uh, in the final inning. I think one of them was a doubleheader maybe. But I was absolutely, and I wasn't the I think everybody watching that game was just knew they were going to lose. There was just something about it that was so shaky. Uh, they brought Neris in, they brought Alvarado in. Um, there was just walks and hit batsmen. I think they walked in the tying run. Um, I've just never seen, like, the Mets at the minute just seem to have this aura that they're just going to get it done. And the Phillies were so shaky. You just knew, absolutely knew those two games uh, they were going to get turned over. So, uh, yeah, if you get a chance to uh, fade the Phillies late uh, in games, by all means do it, because they will absolutely shit the bed at every given opportunity. Um, Nick Dant has got a look and a dog for us. Uh, we can hear from Nick now. What's going on, gentlemen? NZ Nick here. It's Sunday, which means I got your early week lock and dog for Major League Baseball. We'll start with the dog. I will take the San Francisco Giants and Kevin Galsman over the Dodgers and Walker Bueller on Tuesday night. I think the Giants get that one. My uh, lock. I like the Rockies over the Pirates on Wednesday afternoon. They got John Gray on the bump. His first in his first game back last week, he pitched five scoreless innings versus Milwaukee. I liked by all there. I think the Rockies uh, will get the Pirates on Wednesday afternoon. There you go. There's my dog. There's my lock. Let it ride. Okay, there you go. They were Nick's picks. Uh, Nick never fails to make me giggle when he makes his picks. Uh, always brimming with enthusiasm. And um, Moonaf, we have got to the end of the show again. Is there anything else that people need to know this week? No, I think that's it for this week. Uh, relatively kind of a quiet week. And every time we say that, we get a whole blister of news during the week. So <laughs> Thursday might be a longer show with news and notes. Every time we say there's not much going on, we, we get hit with something. But uh, we have some great series uh, early in the week, like we mentioned, Dodgers, Giants, uh, a couple other ones. So it's going to be an exciting week. And we're, you know, we're getting into the summer months here. So it's time for, I think we're going to start seeing some separation from some of these teams on who are the contenders and pretenders. And then I think, in, in I think two weeks or a week and a half, we're heading into the all-star break. So uh, looking forward to that show. I'm going to uh, try to get Nick and Will back on to discuss the first half of the season and, you know, get our thoughts and um, thoughts about that. And then preview the second half of the MLB season. So I'm looking, looking forward to that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. As usual, the usual places. Uh, download the app, uh, the new app. It's absolutely outstanding. Everything you want. Loads of um, NFL stuff in college football and fantasy football stuff dropping in there all the time, uh, as well as the Euros. Almost daily podcasts going up uh, for the football. So plenty of stuff there. Um, the tally side picks are on tallyside.com and embedded on the SGPN website so yeah um, usual places and get the Slack channel honestly the Slack channel is a great place uh, to while away a few hours whatever's on there's people in there betting on it uh, and either <laughs> celebrating the winnings or pulling their hair out so um, yeah loads, loads of things going on um, thank you like I say for listening um, we will be back on Thursday night hopefully to uh, celebrate all the winners that we've tipped up tonight so uh, enjoy your week and we'll see you down the road cheers <laughs>